You're listening to Housewives on Display with Jay. And Jay. Okay, and today there's an introduction, of course, because we have a guest. So today we have a special guest. I don't know if I want to say former or current Jill Zarin enthusiast and <laughs> Shannon Bador. <laughs> and Shannon Bador, apologies, we will not be talking about Real Housewives of mm, mm. County today, but that too. Um, a true ally on all things Black Lives Matter and the Bravo sphere. We have to give you kudos for that, of course. Um, I believe the founder of the term Bravo Holic, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, asterisk, <laughs> asterisk after that, asterisk. Okay, <laughs> we'll keep that for after. Okay, um, I would say a maven of taglines, mm. if I had to say something else, and co-creator and host of Andy Andy's Girls, a Real Housewives podcast, Airy Sun. Welcome to the pod, Sarah Galley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What an introduction. Loved it. <laughs> Let's do it 10 more times and then we're done. <laughs> Just chant that every day in the morning. Yes. And that's a way to wake up. You know what I mean? Amen. Feel good. Amen. Talk about your asterisk. I would love to hear about the Bravaholic asterisk. So I believed, <laughs> I still am very passionate <laughs> that I helped bring the term Bravoholic into the lexicon. I hadn't mm -hmm. heard it before. When I was um, working on my website, saragalley.com, I decided to, you know, brand the website and all of my materials. This is, you know, well after starting Andy's Scrolls, but I'd owned the URL for a hundred years. Um, mm -hmm. Writer, producer, Bravoholic. And so when you Googled the term Bravoholic, my website, was always the first that showed up and I didn't see anyone else using the phrase until fairly recently. I would say like the last maybe year and a half, maybe a little bit longer. And then okay. recently I discovered that Bravo used the term in 2013, which is a couple years before I did. I don't remember okay. the exact breakdown. So I am fine to share the prize with the company who technically owns the name. I, 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 I will, I, you know, appreciate whatever um, help I was able to give. And I, I'm okay with the co-creator title. I'm okay with like a PR. I did the public relations for, for Bravoholics or something like that. I was in, I was one of Sonia's interns. I was the pickle yes. for Bravoholics. I, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think that's very fair. I think you, like you said, you brought it into the lexicon. You got us using the word. So you helped spread a now very common household term, dare I yes. say? I don't know. No, I, I dare say it. I dare say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So since we introduced you as an airy son, um, I'm going to explain or ask my co-host to explain Jay what an Aries is, what an Aries sun kind of is. And then I'm going to tell you the housewives that are Aries suns. Oh, and let's oh see Lord. how you react. I know some of them because <laughs> I share a birthday with one of them. But yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Tell me. Tell me all about it. Well, okay. You know what? Maybe you two should explain to me what an Aries sun is because both of you are Aries suns. So, like, what does it mean to be, like, an Aries sun to you? We Obviously, I think we're all kind of versed on it. Mm -hmm. So, we know Aries, the sun is not the only thing. But... Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you to be an Aries son? 
I mean, I don't know a lot about astrology, but I know like air, I know that when I tell people I'm an Aries, they're like, oh yeah, of course you are. Like, yeah, we knew that. (laughs) So I'm going to say it has something, you guys should tell me, to be honest, I know it's like a fire sign. That's all I know. And your people are usually like relatively outspoken, I think, Aries signs. What Mm -hmm. else, what, what am I, I know I'm, I'm missing most of it. I was going to say like your son is supposed to be kind of your your ego your identity it's kind of what you grow into it's not necessarily what you are born as you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so it's kind of like in life you're just growing into this this person um and Aries it's the first of the zodiac so it's kind of considered the baby um but it's not baby in terms of like super you know baby like (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's more so they they're very me Mm-hmm. They're very I. They're very independent. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may say this is selfish. What? But, um, what? <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and like you said, they're a fire sign, so they're very um. And you know what? It- like I say, I think that they are emotional. I just think that mm-hmm. sometimes the preferred emotion is anger. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, very quick to spark the temper. But I've. Personally, I think they're very quick to get over it also. I haven't met an Aries that really holds a grudge, but. Yeah, I don't know how. I'd love for someone to teach me because I think with with skill and time, I could become quite talented at at grudge holding. But for now, I'm like, I don't remember. (laughs) I'm sort of like a labradoodle when it comes to fights. I just get easily distracted. You know, generally, they're extroverted. They obviously can be introverted, too, but they're very out there. Um, they, you notice them first. They're the mm-hmm. first of the zodiac, and they like to take charge and all those like all those things. Yeah, and I love what you said, Jay, because I wrote down a few things thinking of I'm a fellow Aries son, so I was like, okay, what do I think of when I think of Aries? What do I think of? I of of course I put first in the zodiac, so that makes us like innovative and then childlike, mm-hmm. and it makes us impatient and rushed. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when you're first, you just like stumble. I think we react really quickly mm-hmm. and don't really the thoughts come after. Totally. So I always like to say, I believe Candace once said that my mouth speaks on what it speaks on. But for an Aries, I would say my mouth speaks and then I hear my ears hear it at the same time as everyone else. I have no idea what I'm going to say until I say it. But that's just because I'm talking so fast because I'm an Aries, I'm rushed. Oh, I 100%. Sometimes I'm like, I need to apologize for what I just said 10 seconds ago, but I can't remember what it was. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100% off the cuff, stream of consciousness, for better or worse. And in my personal life, oftentimes that's worse. Yeah, it can be tough. It's really tough. Um, I also put that Aries all have loud laughs, which mm-hmm. I know is one of your things too. Mm-hmm. I have a very loud laugh. It's an infectious laugh, but it's very loud and alarming. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> not alarming. Sometimes when I'm editing, yeah, sometimes when I'm editing and I hear my own laugh, I'm like, how can I not, like, calm it down? Like, I'm, like, please have, like, a radio laugh. Can you uh, not, like, tone it down? Um, so that. Um, angry is something I also put in me first attitude as well. Okay. So, yeah. So here are the housewives that... I hope embody all of that to you. So <laughs> we're starting off with Roni, and we have Heather Holla Thompson as oh. <laughs> Holla. the Roni rep. Oh, my God. I didn't know that I knew that, but I'm so into it. And that will buffer some of the other names that I know are probably on the horizon. So great. Love. Holla. Yes, holla, holla. I'm excited to hear the one that you have the same birthday as, but okay. So in Ronge, we have Melissa Gorga and Margaret Joseph. Oh, Melissa is surprising to me. I don't know why. Margaret makes a lot of sense. 
Melissa's more subdued for yeah, sure. Considering. 100%. 100%. I feel like her earlier seasons when she, her and Joe were playing that sexy couple that like oh would run around and just fuck each other everywhere. <laughs> that was more, that was more her Aries energy, but she's calmed it down as she's gotten older That's for sure. True. I totally agree. Um, a shocking one, a Claudia Jordan from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, I could see that. I, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense. Isn't that funny? Like, the only one on Atlanta is Claudia Jordan. Oh, the only one that would that go after Nene. One. She was the only one that would go to bat with Nene. Mm-hmm. That's why she got fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justice for Claudia Jordan, yeah. by the way, who had a fantastic, I thought, all things considered, a really great and strong first season, and then was one and done, which has never made sense to me. Aside from the Nene element, it truly never made sense. Yeah, I agree. I have a question about the Claudia Jordan thing. So you know that read that everyone like loves to bring up when Nene says, maybe bleep this, your clit has left your body. When she says that, do you feel like in that argument, Nene won that argument or did um, Claudia win that argument? Because my perspective was that Claudia won it, but everyone says Nene did. Um, I mean, didn't Nene say some terrible stuff about Claudia being biracial i want to say yeah i don't know that i could assign nini first place for anything else that she said after she said that because i just thought that was like i mean true like quite literally so nasty and so rude like it was just really (laughs) bottom barrel you're really scrounging you have nothing intelligent Mm -hmm. to say so you're just poking at like the ugliest stereotypical insult that you can fling someone's way. I just thought that was really right. repugnant. But um, who won? Who knows? <laughs> I think that said it all. It wasn't Nini. Um, so next is Robin from Real Housewives of Potomac. Another subdued She's one. She's a surprising one. That is surprising to me. Absolutely. Um, Beverly Hills might be surprising as well. Um, one Joyce Joyce <laughs> from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh my God! No justice for Joyce. Let's say that justice for Claudia Jordan, maybe. But Joyce is a wonderful lesson that we learned absolutely nothing from. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Real Housewives of mm-hmm. Orange County has mm-hmm. three. Um, <laughs> one of them's name is. Jane Doe or Vicky Gumbleson. Whose birthday um, is mine, March 27th. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then the last one from OC is a real throwback. It's Peggy Tanoose. <gasps> oh, you know what? Peggy makes sense. Also, another, I thought, yeah. great, you know, one and done. Justice for Peggy T. Was she only on for one season? I want to say she was only on full time for one season. I think she, like popped up the season after i want to say that could be a complete lie so apologies in advance but um if i'm you know gaslighting the enormous fan base for peggy tanoose but um i thought she had a great i thought she had a great <laughs> first season i thought she was great then there's shannon mm-hmm. shannon bedore who was also in your intro where do you land on shan these days i mean i will always spiritually stand for Shan. Um, We're at a rocky point in our imaginary best friendship, which is only imaginary to her because to me it is very real. Um, (laughs) We're in a tough spot. You know, I'm not, we're recording this the night of the premiere, which I am not watching. And so I am wishing her, you know, sometimes you got to love from a distance and I hope for her the best in her journey over the next couple months. And I'm, uh, sending her positive vibes unless she doesn't deserve them. 
which I guess is a TBD that someone will tell me about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know the premiere was tonight. That's how it checked out. Um, I, guess I, I didn't am. either. It had to be reminded to me, and I've done some. I had a conversation with somebody about it earlier, and, and they reminded me. I actually had no idea. I thought every day this week so far was the day of the premiere, to be honest, which tells you how great their um, marketing campaign is going, as well as how deeply disinterested I am in whatever happens. Yeah, so those are the areas. So we're going to get into, believe it or not, that's not the only intro type thing we have to do. We have a little bit of an icebreaker now. We have this we have this theory that we have on this podcast, and I'm going to ask Jay to explain the theory, but we call it the Bethany and Jill phenomenon. <laughs> Go ahead, and Jay. Yeah. I love it already. So, <laughs> basically, it's kind of in the title, but there's something that happens that whenever someone brings their friend on the show, they end up falling out with that friend. And it's happened multiple times, multiple seasons, different franchises. And it just seems... I recently watched season seven of Real Housewives of Orange County, which is that said season Mm -hmm. you're talking about, the season after her Mm -hmm. one season. And confirm, you did not lie. She was on there. She did like this weird thing where she came to the first party and Alexis was so mean to her. And she was like, I can't... And the confessional was like, and me and my family are going to depart. And then we just never Yeah, I think something didn't work out with some sort of negosh or they decided not to use Mm -hmm. her to move forward. Something happened. I don't know how much of it was her choice. But um, yeah, swan song. Like there's something going on. In reference to Potomac even, we can say uh, Sharice and Monique. Wait, don't get to it because that's part of the game. Uh, Okay. So basically, Jay just explained it. That's all what it is. I'm going to bring up some examples, and I want you to tell me where you land on the side of the feud, okay? From Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we have the Brandy v. Adrian of it all. Uh, Specific to the actual feud itself, um, Brandy. Yeah. Okay. Where do you land, Jay? Brandy, really? Yeah, I don't like her in any way as a person or anything, but Mm. truly specific to Adrian filing court paper stuff. I just thought that was really overblown and could have just been a call to a producer saying I'm not coming back. Like her bringing in an attorney, which would make Brandy have to hire someone. And I don't think she actually, you know, spent $10,000, but it also wasn't zero. I just thought it was like overblown for nothing. And then she doesn't even show up for the reunion. All this over like Brandy saying that she was, that she used a surrogate. I just thought it was wild. Okay. Um, you know, with that explanation, I can see where you're going with it, and I can I can concede and say Brandy as well. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It's Brandy because she flexed her power mm-hmm. on Brandy. Like, yeah. that's when the whole who is Adrian mm-hmm. Malouf in this world has to come Malouf up because Puff. she was trying, yeah, she was trying to make it more than it was and make Brandy scared and, like, you know, basically flex her power, like I was saying. So, yeah, I agree. Okay, the next one kind of talked about Peggy Tenus earlier, so we have to talk about Peggy T versus Alexis Bellino. Peggy T by a mile, no contest, and throwing water on someone's barbecue because you're afraid that you're going <laughs> to eat it was such a reach and such a strange flex and really honestly kind of gross. And everything, from it just was, it was tough. It was like, you know how Carol used to joke that Luann was trying to copy her? I felt, mm-hmm. I felt like that was 
possibly imaginary or or not necessarily while it was competitive i don't know how much of that was a genuine like uh identical twin situation whereas i could see that happening with um uh, far more in a stronger way with um alexis versus peggy t yeah i totally agree peggy t by landslide of course jay do you have anything <laughs> to add to the peggy tv alexis all that all no, I have no skin in this game. You know, OC is like one of my least favorite franchises mm. outside of Dallas, which is, I think, just generally everyone's least favorite. Yeah. Um, if I can go out on a limb and say that. So I hardly watch OC. So I agree with both of you just because. Okay. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take that win. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lou versus Barb in Roni. What are we feeling on that? <laughs> um, I mean team nobody but of noting that i truly could not care less about her at all barb yeah i thought it was ridiculous and and making her into this she's a terrible person because she said what literally everyone has both thought and said explicitly which is that she luann truly is not adele like for that to end a friendship where this person has been not only supportive, but a sycophant is yeah. a, a measure, I think, of ego that doesn't necessarily f- fare well for for Lil. So so Team Barb. Yeah, um, I recently watched over Roni episodes. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I kind of started to like Lou more. I didn't really, I was not a Luann fan when I first watched. Okay. Um, but watching over, I was like, okay, I can kind of get the appeal of Luann, but in this particular instance, I definitely do believe that Barb was definitely done wrong. Mm-hmm. She had been nothing but supportive. She mm-hmm. made sure that she didn't get this million dollar home that she cannot afford. She mm-hmm. made sure she didn't, I don't know, drive into somebody with her both question marks. That was yeah, cool. that never got really explained by uh, yeah. She threw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I needed an after show where they broke down play by play everything Bethany was saying because yeah. I kind of needed the tea on it. It was none of my business, but we're here now. I kind of needed it. Yeah. And I just feel like Bethany, Ramona, even Sonia, like for God's sakes, like I feel like they've all said way worse things to mm-hmm. Luann, to be honest. And with less support than Barbara ever gave. So I'm definitely on Barb's side. A hundred percent agree. Okay. Yeah. So this one's kind of an asterisk one because Teresa didn't do it voluntarily, but of course, Teresa versus her family. And I'm talking back in the day <laughs> when Kathy Wakili was also a cast member on Ronch. Um, hmm. No question. Absolutely. No question. Team uh, Melissa and Kathy. <laughs> no yeah. question Got her yeah. absolutely I cannot believe it anyone would think differently but curious if either of you do um unfortunately no okay. <laughs> I definitely do agree that Teresa there's something there you know what I mean like mm-hmm. there can't be everyone in your family can't be against you yeah it's you um, <laughs> it's you it's you and then the whole thing with Joe goes down after that it's just like they're she was up to some sketchy stuff and she was doing some sketchy things um, so she can afford her gaudy home and that's fine. But I just, you know, I have a lot of people that don't like her at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I, when I just rewatched a season of Jersey, it was like the season after the christening, so it was season four, I want to say. And the only leg up Teresa has in this fight, she is completely wrong in this. It's her family, Melissa and Kathy, I'm on their team 100%. But mm-hmm. I do hear Teresa saying 
they did come on her show that was her thing. They came via like telling Danielle you weren't there at the hospital and that whole mm -hmm. reunion thing. And then mm -hmm. for the next season, the premiere to be the fucking christening for the right. son that I didn't acknowledge. I have to give credit where credit is due. That's kind of fucked up that your family would do that to you. I think the christening part was fucked up. I think Joey just wanted his moment in the sun. By telling her it's like walk off, turn around. Like that was a bit much. Like, come on, I'm here now. I'm here to take a fucking picture. Who cares if it's just a show? Whatever. Yeah, they wouldn't have a storyline if you hadn't given it to them. I don't know. Let me tell you. Yeah, and I mean Teresa should be pissed at the producers and and you know, yeah, sure, this is like her thing, but it's also her professional endeavor that made her fabulously successful, rich on her own um and famous and so of course why wouldn't her family uh when approached by production or whatever mm -hmm. um be interested in you know partaking of um you know such a seemingly um fantastic idea when it comes to getting some money getting some fame getting some celebrity and whatever else especially if they were already estranged it wasn't like these are people who are close friends and then they fall apart because of the show, which is um, a relationship model that we've seen uh, copied over and over and over again across all of these franchises. I mean, you know, they were already in a pretty shitty place, so it's not like they're going to say, hey, Tree, we already are sort of alienated from each other. What are your thoughts on me getting some of that attention that you love so much? You know, she's not going to be amenable to that. Um, uh, yeah, so it's like it's a shitty situation, but I would put more of of her anger maybe against the show itself. Yeah, okay. I I agree. That's why I say I, that's the only thing I heard her when I'm still on Team Kathy and Melissa. But mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I hadn't heard that the first time I watched the show. It was so I was so like Teresa, you have no you have nothing to say. Right. Um, side note, just a little bit of a side note. I'm more interested in the fact that like Kathy and Rosie fell out and like the fact that Rosie and Kathy don't talk to Melissa now. Like I'm more interested in what happened with all of that. Did Kathy and Ro I didn't know that Kathy and Rosie fell out. When did yeah. that happen? Yeah. Kathy Kathy and Rosie is in Kathy Wakili and her sister Rosie. Mhm. Mm yeah, I don't know the timeline on when it happened. I'm curious. I just know that they fell out because there was some event recently maybe like a one of the girls graduation like a baby shower something like that was happening so the family got together and it was like this whole beef that happened in the comments and stuff and like they were saying they don't get along and it was all revealed i think melissa also said it on watch what happens live at one point like they're just all none of them are cool anymore and i'm very confused by that so now i knew that melissa said i think that she didn't really keep in touch with kathy and rosie but i didn't know that there was a kathy and rosie like kathy v rosie yeah scenario going on that's actually super surprising to me um, and sad. I know. I thought they were going to be, they just really branded themselves as sisters forever. And I just never <laughs> thought that was going to happen. I mean, it is technically true. They are sisters forever. Regardless <laughs> of how they, uh, treat each other. Um, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. Oh my God. That's wild. Yes. Yes. Wild, wild, wild. Allegedly. Anyway, I might have lied, <laughs> but I think I think that's a thing. I think that's the thing. Um, and the last one leading into the show, um, Jay talked about it a little bit earlier, but Monique v. Charisse. I'm going to have to say Team Monique, not even really without thinking an awful lot. Yeah, Team Monique. I think that Charisse, her anger about Monique, you know, Monique's first season, maybe borrowing some of her friendships or whatever is something, but this whole other 
you know, like that's a drop in the bucket compared to the deluge, which is trying to spread these terrible rumors about Monique's kid. I just think that's completely has no place in reality as far as um, how to seek revenge. You know, it just it feels it feels wild. So, yeah, definitely Team Monique. Yeah, I just feel like this is the only instance where I'm Team Monique. Ooh. I don't think in, in every single other aspect of this season, I'm just not Team Monique. But mm-hmm. I do think that Sharice being mad at her, sharing her friends, or mm-hmm. um, and then Sharice like spreading that rumor mm-hmm. or the truth, maybe question mark allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just foul and. I wish that Monique would be more mad at Sharice, or at least mm-hmm. on camera, be more mad at Sharice than she is at Candace. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's where I stand on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes to the, like, betrayal of it all, that she didn't expect anything of Sharice or Giselle that she actually expected of Candace. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I agree. <laughs> team, team Monique on the versus Sharice. Sharice was horrid in this situation. She, Sharice is an interesting person and I can't really land on her morals or like who she really is, mm-hmm. but something interesting is going on there and I, I think, don't really know it. You know what? I think this is, is the workings of Shasha. I don't think this is Sharice. I think Shasha right. is, is the mastermind here. But I don't know. I mean, I really would have loved, um, you know, a little bit of a dinner party cocktail situation in that champagne room. So rest in peace there. <laughs> we never got to pay off on that. We just saw it and then that was it. It was the buildup for it, but I want to see more. Yeah. Yeah, it's really upsetting. They definitely owe us a scene or a cameo of the champagne room. I want a fight scene in the, uh, in the champagne room. I already told you that. I mean, yeah. that will probably happen if there is an event in the champagne room. So there we go. There will be some sort of argument taking place. I'm and there sure. we are. Yeah. Okay. So kind of leading into recapping the episode, we're going to be recapping. Just what are your overall thoughts on Potomac? And then, of course, leading into your thoughts on Monique v. Candace. Um, I mean... Uh... What are my thoughts on Potomac? It's the best, um, most successful, most interesting, most dynamic um, Housewives season currently on TV, by which I mean like of 2020 and of of recent, I would say. Um, you know, there's a conversation that I think a lot of Bravoholics have of like, what's your favorite franchise? And it used to be just right off the cuff for so many of us, New York, New York, New York, New York. And now there's a change where a ton of us are saying Potomac. And while spiritually there's a kinship still to New York, even though it had a lackluster season, in my opinion, Potomac is delivering excellence at a level that nobody is actually near because it's consistent. It's not just like there's a drum up and something got leaked to the blogs and people are talking about it. um, And then maybe it delivers for one or two episodes and then falls off. Like this is every single week there are Mm -hmm. stakes in relationships there's betrayal there are really genuine and frustrating dynamics in relationships uh with significant others and marriages there are women who have known each other for however many years many years giselle and karen before the idea of a jack and jill-esque show that then was spun into a housewives franchise 
was even born. And that all helps this really interesting dynamic between these women, many of whom care about each other, even if they don't necessarily like respect each other when it comes to behavior. And, um, and it's just fantastic. I mean, this season is, is one of the best seasons I think of any franchise of all time. I, I really do think that when we, when it comes to like modern history, I really do think that this mm-hmm. is going to um, stand out and I really don't have any idea where it's going to go. I mean, the mid season trailer threw me through a loop. Um, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, with that finale fight, so, and, and so much else. So, so there's that. And when it comes to Candace V. Monique, I um, am team Monique in life. Uh, I think she is a good, decent person who has complicated opinions about science. Um, but <laughs> but I, I am team Monique in life and I have no choice but to begrudgingly be team Candace just in the sense of a physical altercation. I do think that there was probably more going on. But regardless, there is no excuse for what Monique, for how Monique behaved and the remorse that she is emoting on screen is a little bit late, but hopefully it's, you know, it's real. Um, what about you ladies? Um, you know, like I said a little bit earlier, like I'm just, I'm not team Monique. I don't agree with, uh, quite honestly, it's not even the fight. I don't mind a good mm-hmm. fight. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, a little, I'm a little bloodthirsty. That's fine. Um, but I just don't think that the fight, I don't think fighting with Candace was the answer. I think there mm-hmm. were so many more people that Monique could be mad at than Candace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like, like I say to everybody, Candace has issues with her mother. And so I think that kind of, you know, trickles down to her issues, just having issues with women in general. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's just no way from even like, you know, an image PR perspective that it can look good to fight with Candace because she just automatically comes off as the victim in the situation. She's going to go cry to her therapist and then it's going to be like, you know, little old Candace with, you know, the mommy issues. So I just think Monique was upset with how her marriage is going with Chris, um, which is why the rumors took off anyway, because people can see that there's tension between them and their marriage. And I feel like she just took it out on Candace. Uh, I feel like she went there knowing that she wanted to fight her. I don't think that that was just like some sort of, you know, she keeps calling it a blackout. I don't think it is. And it's not a blackout if you can remember every single detail. I, you know, and I just, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little, it was a little bit much for me. I would have rather her talked it out with Chris on camera than fight with Candace, in my opinion. Or fight Sharice or fight Gigi, her friend who really started the rumors anyway. I don't know. There was just so many other people that she could have fought before she fought Candace, in my opinion. Yeah, me and Jay, we obviously we talk a lot and we kind of have the same opinion on that. I I feel like the whole thing with Candace is, yes, she is annoying and yes, she has a horrible mouth. But (laughs) I would call I would call a lot of the the things funny. Yes, sometimes they're below the belt, of course. But I feel like everyone on this show hits below the belt. I was going to say, but the the gag is most of the women on the show hit below the belt. The women that don't really even Karen, who's like a sweetie pie, when she gets mad, she has no problem saying, like, the soap, you better tell your husband to pick it up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they all can get like that. So I don't know why Candace is singled out for herself being a monstrosity when pretty much all of them are monstrosities. So I just have a tough time with, like, the 
fuck Candace of it all. I just, I think she's kind of funny and like a nice flavor to the show. I think she's interesting. The problem with me and Monique is I find her to just be, I don't, something's not right about her from the beginning something was not right about maybe it was the whole like i'm so holy but then calling her a trick but then like i'll put an umbrella to somebody's neck like it's always been like this thing with her i've never felt like she was really authentically showing us who she really really is Mm -hmm. and maybe she doesn't show people around her who she really really is so she couldn't even show us you know what i mean i can't diagnose that but something about her was always inauthentic to me so i just I've never connected with her. I feel like Candace shows us warts and all. So, yeah, it's a little gross and nasty to watch. But, like, she's being herself, I believe. That's interesting. I just, I think, um, uh, when it comes to the tension in, in Monique and Chris's marriage, I don't see it as any different from what the level of just natural tension and give and take that people may feel with a significant other after being together for several years, you know, with three young kids. Right. I mean, I think that there's some marital role things that are tough. And I think it's, um, Juan has talked about this too. Um, I forget if it was Juan or Robin, but one of them compared their relationship, um, structure. I think it was maybe Robin talking about Juan just in relation to like Chris's responses where he's like, I'm, she's saying she needs support and he's saying, I give you financial support. That's enough. Like financial support is his version of emotional support. He is, um, uh, you know, he is making sure that she lives, you know, a certain life of luxury and his expectation is that she's sort of happy with it. And Robin's reasoning for this is, you know, he was football players, especially football players at the level that Chris was are used to being taken care of in a certain way. It's almost expected. And they're looked at as such, um, you know, celebrities in their own right, that it can be a sort of a hard thing to transition out of that. And maybe he's brought in some of those feelings and transferred them into his marriage, regardless of whatever, whatever he thought about marital roles, which may have been relatively conservative, you know? Uh, And I think that you're seeing some friction play out on that, especially as Monique, decides that she wants to um potentially be an entrepreneur and and work on a two hundred thousand dollar hobby um (laughs) a a branding disaster but i mean like good for her in many ways for wanting to create something on and of her own and i i think that when it comes to any difficulties in their marriage it just doesn't look to me as dark or difficult um, as other people's relationships on Potomac that I think are headed much more quickly to disaster. Do you guys disagree? Who comes to mind? Well, I mean, who's coming to uh, Giselle and Jamal. I know that she's very focused on keeping her reputation intact, which is why she can't actually say how many kids he has with other women because she doesn't actually know. Um, that's that's kind of yeah a plethora is what i know it's definitely uh more than a handful and p.s i'm jewish i'm not um in their faith but i would think it wouldn't necessarily be a great idea to have a baby with a (laughs) congregant like is nobody talking about that that feels like such a strange for someone who is seen i would assume in his congregation obviously is the face of the congregation someone with a lot of power to have a romantic yeah. relationship 
and I think it was with like a young congregant is not ideal. I was gonna say, uh, allegedly she was seventeen, so, so I don't so know. It's terrible. It's it's very uh, doctor patient teacher student, right? Very like you were kind of in a position of power, or that person was just in a in a vulnerable space. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, definitely icky vibes. But he he always gives me icky vibes anyway. <laughs> personally i mean you know same and also looking at relationships that are not necessarily um on great footing that i think are much more chaotic than that of of chris and monique i would have to say ashley and michael is well, of course just, i was waiting well, for that one <laughs> it's consistently confounding and ashley herself is a complicated woman who has a complicated family, as so many of us do. Um, And she's, you know, has worked very hard to create her own. And I mean that genuinely with no ounce of sarcasm. And I just hope that she understands her worth and value because it doesn't seem to necessarily translate with her spouse, you know? I mean, how many times does he have to show her he is not able to commit to her in the ways in which she is sort of demanding he commit. It just, he's endlessly disrespectful to her and to people he violates without any form of consent. Exactly. Yeah. To bring it back to the Monique and Candace of it all, I do agree about the fact that yes, their, their relationship is not the most on the fritz in the group. I think the bigger problem with their mm-hmm. relationship is Monique's internalizing a lot of it and that unhappiness seems to like seep through her pores now. Usually she was able to keep a good front and pretend like everything was kosher. Mm -hmm. But for some reason now it's like there's a crack in the veneer. So I feel like that's kind of where it's like a little bit alarming. I just need Chris to step up besides the dollar bills to just like figure it out. I feel like this should be if a wake up call to anybody, Chris, to be like, okay, something's not right Mm -hmm. here. If you don't take that as a something's not right, I don't really know what to say about him. I already feel like he's a kind of a, I thought he was a lot cooler. And then he turned out a little, like you said, the, the role that he wants her to play. I think I didn't understand all of the rules, nor I think Monique understood all the rules, but I don't think I did until this Mm -hmm. season. So I found it a little alarming what he was demanding of her um, for, for money basically. But I also understand, like you said, it's that whole athlete thing we've seen, especially in the earlier seasons, um, Robin used to baby Juan all the time. They stopped showing it so much, I guess, because they're trying to pay their relationship differently. Mm-hmm. But she used to pick up after him and he wasn't even giving her the money. So it's like, you know what I mean? I think that's just a dynamic that they're going to have, like you said, because of that whole athlete thing or because of the dynamic of the relationship that they signed up for. But it's just interesting to watch on screen, watch her versus like Robin, her sadness. She just like is moping around and it's just like, you know what I mean? Kind of down versus Monique. She's lashing out. Yeah. Where are you guys recording from? So I'm all I'm in New York City, the Letter J. Oh, great! And Jay's on the West Coast. She's in Seattle. Letter J, where are you in in New York? I am in Midtown Hell's Kitchen. Oh my God, Hell's Kitchen! Jesus, how's that going? Um, you know, it's 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 okay. It's better than it was, obviously. Um, yeah, trying to get used to you know. I call it restaurant row at least being closed mm-hmm. after like 10, 11 o'clock is it's very weird. There were some clusters 
that I don't know if they're still going on. I haven't been over there since like literally March, but um, since uh, an office that I worked out of was, is in Times Square. Okay. But there were a lot of, I saw a lot of social media of people just like living their best lives, maskless, uh, socializing. Oh. I don't know if that's still going really? on, but I was like, yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Like what oh. is up? It's so crazy. You know, it wasn't me. I'll say that. Okay, there you go. There you go. We're done. <laughs> Cut to live footage right. of you being in that crowd. <laughs> a lot of the restaurants on on a lot of the restaurants have like kind of like an out. It's, it's not really an outdoor space, but it's like a big window with a little ledge. So they kind of consider that as an outdoor space. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were just going down there, thinking like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm outside technically. All right, we're- neighbor. Well, there we go. <laughs> Where are you in New York? Um, Upper East Side. Okay, nice. Wow. Yeah. Just me and Sonia and I guess Ramona <laughs> and Dorinda. <laughs> Good company. You and all the I'm ladies at lunch. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Um, okay, so yeah, I guess we'll get into the recap. That was a grand intro to get into this episode, which is actually not a jam-packed episode. So glad we got all that done up front. So today we're recapping Real Housewives of Potomac season five, episode 11, called Taxing Times and Blurry Lines. So at the top of the episode, we like to give a letter grade A plus to F scale. Mm. What are you giving this particular episode? I mean, so here's my question about the letter grade. Is the letter grade based on Potomac specifically of this season or is it based on across the board overall franchises enjoyment level? Potomac specific. We're, we grade it within the level of itself, I guess. Okay, so I would say, and feel free to um, contest this because I don't know how much I actually believe it, but I would say B plus. Does that feel low? No, I was going to give it that, actually. Okay. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. not a material. I was going to go flat, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to go mm-hmm. B. Okay. But, but, but. I'm willing to go B plus with everyone else. That's fine with me. But do know, everyone, I if I'm going B plus, I'm going like eight. Yeah, like she mm-hmm. barely got the B plus. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I hear you on that. I mean, I think it was it was still interesting, but um and dynamic and these women are amazing, XYZ, you know, yada yada yada. But um yeah, it was a it was a smooth episode. Not every episode is gonna and thank God for that. Going to have the heat of right. you know, an altercation like the one that we've seen and survived. We just came off the heels of a slew of A plus mm-hmm. episodes, so we needed a a it's, B it's, B plus yeah. to just like it's fill fun. the air. Totally. Yeah. So we start off in the beginning with Miss Karen on the phone with Miss Ashley Darby, and they're talking about Karen and going home for her homecoming back in Surrey County, and. Ashley interestingly asked, is this like baby appropriate? Because we know that she's dying mm-hmm. to redeem. And <laughs> Karen, of course, you know, gracious host, she says it, it can be if you need mm-hmm. it to be. And so Ashley, she says, you know, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. So TBD on Dean, waiting to see if Dean shows up. But we know coming with Karen, Giselle and Ashley going to Surrey County. Now you ladies. If you were Karen, who were the two castmates you would have taken home with you? Wow. Um, oh, my God. That's such a good question. I'm like um, running through everyone in my head. I would say Robin would be one of them. 
Really? Okay. Okay. Just because she's so, I feel like Robin would work in any situation and environment. She's very low key. I think she's genuinely friendly. Mm -hmm. She's a great listener. And I'm going to need to hear your choices before I pick my other. What do you guys think? Well, I definitely feel like Candace should have gone. So you're thinking of this perspective if you're Karen. If I'm Karen, I would have invited Candace. Simply because Candace, this is like her world. You know, she's like a pageant queen and all that stuff. Like, I I wouldn't imagine anybody else would care (laughs) about me going, you know, to my high school, question mark, right? High school? Um reunion homecoming whatever yeah i believe so besides candace i I feel like she would love that type of thing so i feel like candace should have been one of them but that's just me now if i'm picking for myself if i'm going home i'm choosing karen of course because i think she she plays highfalutin but she's also i think humble and like no matter where you would take her she Mm -hmm. wouldn't be rude she wouldn't say anything she'd be cool and she'd probably end up talking to somebody telling her whole life story i feel so Definitely Karen, I would bring. And then number two, I would have to bring someone that would be fun. I mean, I won't say that's tough. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we're not Giselle lovers on this pod. That's a fair warning. No, I love that perspective. I don't know that I necessarily share it, but I'm into it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Karen would agree with you. And P.S. Karen is a great choice. Like, I was thinking of only choosing, like, who would work for me to bring back to my family. I wasn't thinking about who Karen should have picked, but I would say for mm-hmm. moi, I would do Robin and, and Karen. Okay. Yeah, maybe I would hate to piggyback and say I agree. I think Karen, I think Karen, obviously, number one, but I think Robin's a good number two. If not Robin, I'll shake it up and say maybe mm-hmm. Ashley, because I also think she's another, like, she can be kind of fun. She's going to be a sweetie pie. She's not going to be annoying. She's not going to she said snipe remarks and we'll get to that but it's because someone else was you know Mm -hmm. lighting the flame on that one and that's fair and we'll get to that so that yeah that's what i would go with but jay i agree if it's shocking that karen didn't bring candace considering the season premiere candace was screaming that oh karen she's like Mm -hmm. my mother i love her more the second person i love most in my life besides my mom that's a female it's karen like And now this big thing has happened, and I don't see her like coddling I just Candace it was at all. Fair to do that, just because you gave Monique, you know, a chance to have her um, her press conference, um, her, her meeting, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it would just been a little bit fair to like, if you say that you're neutral, you know what I mean. If you're claiming that you're neutral, you're not really taking sides between your friends. It would have been nice to have Candace on this, you know, next little scene. But but I get like. Giselle kind of says it later, but Karen obviously brought the two haters to show them that she had come up in the world, <laughs> which I love because she had to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought that was super smart. I love I thought Karen. That was great. Like, good for her. Yeah. That was very funny. So they kind of cut to the next scene where we see the ladies coming to Karen's house. You know, of course, we already talked about Ashley and Giselle. We see that Ashley is not bringing the baby. So this is her first overnight trip without baby Dean. And the highlight of this moment truly this is where it's like potomac even when it's a bb plus it's still firing on all cylinders because they show the scene where karen gives an air kiss to ray and (laughs) he gives her nothing back and they show it Mm. from every single angle they show it from in the car on the side from his perspective from outer space from his shoe like they show it from everyone they want us to know 
that he did not give her anything back. Oh my god, tough. And then Karen herself being like, "Did you guys just see what happened? Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy?" And you see, like, and that's new. We Karen. did. Babe, we did. <laughs> that's new yeah, Karen. Because Karen. Karen of the yeah. old would never have like Mm-mm. addressed it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. New Karen's like, wait, no, like, did, you, did y'all just mm-hmm. see that? And I love New Karen. I love that. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. much like Countess de la Seps, they're both Tauruses, and their veneer in the beginning, of course, is all about high society and all of the, yeah, and excuse me, I'm in philanthropy and all of that, and then we get settled into their personalities, and they're like, look, you know, <laughs> shit happens, and like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, Three so I love like how she's grown. It's when mm-hmm. they become comfortable. Yeah, it's a tourist thing, maybe. But once they settle in, we find out they have a lot of warts they can hide, too. And they just, they stop judging as much after you yeah. find out mm-hmm. all of the shit about them. Absolutely. So, yeah, so next scene, we see Candace speaking of the devil. She's here, and she's setting out a little spread with some Milano cookies. It has some strawberries under, like, a cloche or whatever you call that. Some sort of Biscoff cookie some pineapples and some grapes. Was that a good spread or no? I mean, the idea of anyone putting a platter together right now just makes me so viscerally uncomfortable when I think of like the virus. So really, um, <laughs> I didn't love it. I did love how <laughs> excited Robin was for like mint Milano cookies. Um, <laughs> Because I think for all of us, myself included, like my entire life, those were the fancy cookies. Like my family didn't have Milano cookies, but I went to other like, that's like a very like you're going over and these are like, you know, this isn't Chips Ahoy territory. Like this is black. It's like black top yeah. for um, supermarket cookies. And so I loved how excited Robin was about some grapes honestly but like you know it shows the hostess thing the fact that it wasn't just like a bottle of wine which 100% would be what I do and maybe a sliced pepper that I only will eat um I I I think it shows you know the uh a nice touch um and a little bit of care uh which I thought was was lovely you know everyone's trying to get their their charcuterie on so would you this is her version that's fine not a cheese or meat in sight. This yeah, is a sweet it was a charcuterie spread. I don't know. <laughs> Why did I think I saw some like cubed cheese on there? Did I lie? I might be lying. You could be talking about they are. Let me rephrase. There are some pieces that are cubed in yellow. I took them to be pineapple since they were touching the grapes, but they could have been. Oh my god! If she did pineapple grapes and cookies. I take back everything that I said. That is recklessness and chaotic. And frankly, I wouldn't expect anything less from uh, from Candace, in my personal opinion. Um, Tell him. I mean, so, yeah, so interesting. TBD, pending, uh, jury's out, pending yeah. uh, pineapple v. cheese. I'll add her on Twitter. I'll ruling. ask her. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> yeah. Right. She'll, she'll tell us. Um... And basically, they're sitting here, and this is the first thing we've seen with Candace interacting with mm-hmm. the castmates since the it was within the mm-hmm. aftermath. Let me put it that way. So, um, when they're sitting here, she's kind of talking. Obviously, they've talked off camera, and they're both on the same page about Monique being mm-hmm. in the wrong in this scenario. And Robin reveals that Karen said, or no, Candace reveals that Karen said. If she was in her position, mm-hmm. she would sue. That's rough. I don't know where I land on that one, to be honest. 
I mean, there's a difference between filing suit and filing a police report. One is sort of necessary for the other, but um, like you're not going to just file some sort mm-hmm. of civil suit without if you're looking for damages without having uh, um, police, you but... know some sort of record there of mm-hmm. whatever had taken place. I, I do think if she was interested in doing something she should have potentially i i think ideally if she truly had been interested in in filing any kind of um criminal whatever that she would have done that that night or the day after but i do also understand that if a person is in shock and isn't sure and maybe is hoping and waiting to see remorse maybe this was like not definite and and some of the blame for that can be on monique for not immediately saying i'm so sorry i put hands on you you know um it's tricky it's definitely yeah definitely yeah i i wonder now i don't i'm not in monique's head so i don't know where she was but even for Chris, he kind of alludes to it later, but why didn't anyone reach out? Like, from her, she has a big camp. No one from her camp could reach out to Candace and be like, okay, look, like, yeah, shit got out of hand. Like, let me address that. I'm not ready to talk about it quite yet, but, like, do know that I feel, like, you know what I acknowledge, even if you don't feel remorse, I acknowledge that things got out of hand. I mean, not, not, even that. not only did nobody acknowledge it, but it sounds like she was somebody was talking to somebody in the blogs about what happened and sort of rewriting history. And also when was she posting those tweets about um, like with the prayer hands with whatever passive aggressive thing she said, I forget what it was. Um, But when did that happen? What was the timing of that in relation to the altercation itself? Because that's not ideal if you're sort of celebrating or revealing or responding in a way that feels incredibly defiant to a situation that the public knows um, was one that became violent, you know, or physical. I, I think the tweet was something like along the lines of like a, you know, ask and you shall receive. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah, I think it was right after the fight. So that also doesn't. Yeah, end. that's. Yeah, it was October. Yeah, it was so October it 2019 for sure. The I blacked out scenario. I'm, you, you remember you did something. No, I just think it's tricky. And to give a little bit of cultural perspective in terms of like black women, it's very, uh, it's a big faux pas to go for black women's hair. Um, and so mm. it's like the nature of the fight itself also. It wasn't just like a, you know, a quick, well, it was for Moni's case, but it wasn't like a wine splash in the face or it wasn't like a Teresa Judice and I flipped the table. It was like you went mm-hmm. for one of the things that for a black woman is a very like, you know, it, it, it's a political topic even. So it's just like mm-hmm. I can understand why somebody would feel the need that like they have to like press charges. And, you know, Candace talks about like just being really embarrassed. So I can understand mm-hmm. why she's motivated to do that. Do I think that will solve anything? Do I think that is completely necessary not necessarily and then monique countered right which how did that even happen what did she counter with the counter yeah i don't get that i feel like similarly to what she was saying online and still attempts to continue to say about the wine glass which is so obviously false who cares about the wine glass when you have this woman snatched by her head so she can't see anything she's defenseless if a little bit of glass from a shard of a wine glass gets into your lip that's the Mm -hmm. fucking game you're in a Mm -hmm. fight you chose it i mean i I have no sympathy for you if you're the one to start the fight by flicking her hair and then you want to 
cry wolf. I just I don't have energy or time for that. So yeah, the wine glass is not worth a counter. Hundred percent. That's for sure. Absolutely, I completely agree. Yeah. So at this dinner or lunch or spread or whatever they're having. Candace is also talking to Robin about her IRS debts, which I don't remember these being in the headlines when it happened. Maybe I just don't have my ear to the streets enough, but I didn't know she owned 90K to the IRS. I, if you I all? knew, I'd forgotten 100%. <laughs> I really, I was like, what happened? <laughs> right. That came out of left field for me personally. I don't remember. Yeah. I, like she's saying, she's trying to buy a home and her and Juan are trying to be responsible. This is kind of not the time. I mean, there's never a good time to owe the IRS 90K, but it's especially now when you're trying to I'm buy a house. I'm just really curious because she said that she does her own taxes. And I, and I, and I feel like given mm. her history financially yeah. and also just knowing, you know, she said on the show herself that like a lot of like, the reasons why they were in such financial problems were because of decisions that she made. So I'm like, so you're just mm-hmm. not the best financial person. You're not good with finances and money. And that's fine. So why are we cutting corners and trying to do it ourselves? I guess was my question. And you know that like in the past, like you haven't been the best with finances. I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe she's different. She believes in herself. I just know I wouldn't trust myself with the finances anymore. I would have to bring in some extra help. But completely agree and it was confusing to me as well I was like what <laughs> why wouldn't she and she's on the phone with her accountant what was the accountant hired and this is not where you yeah this is not where you <laughs> especially if you know you're in a job that's fairly new as of you know the last couple of years which is giving you quite a nice size check certainly in relation to what you know to their struggles um, prior to the show, you know, becoming what it now is. And so one yes. would think that she would have had some sort of financial advisor um, helping her because I can't under, I, I can't imagine how that would work with filing. Cause I'm assuming they're not like withholding any taxes. I mean, I don't know how any of that works, but I would also think that like, there's so much she could write off clothing, makeup, yada, 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 that you would really want somebody who knows how to um, make that happen and, and get you the best possible, um, you know, final number. And so it's like, Robin's going to do this after, and it's even more complicated now than it would have been a couple years ago. Exactly. It's crazy, but okay. I mean, not okay, but you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, completely not okay. And then, to admit kind of like oh by the way there is some undocumented salary i definitely made and like didn't document but oh like whoopsies God. like <laughs> i love what you slid that in there i was like okay i okay now it's becoming clear why robin did her own taxes to do things like that so she thought she was just gonna get away with it and not have to pay certain shit and like keep some money to the side under the government well, mm-hmm. they don't fuck well, around about their money people, yeah. so yeah so i can't believe that that's how that went down it was really a shock to me and then candace seemed pretty shocked too especially in light of her saying to karen a couple seasons ago you don't fucking have a tax lien and not know leading up to it which i would imagine as well but it happened to her so look you know the pot calling Mm -hmm. the kettle all right so the next scene we're back into karen in surrey you know they're pulling up to her farm of course, I have a question. Did you expect her farm to be this big, or how, what were you kind of expecting? For I mean, Surrey, I was expecting to look like? what I saw, which was 
um, quite a property. I didn't know anything about Karen's background, her family history. She's obviously been extremely private, even sometimes in like what state her parents used to live in, you know, like why they're moving wherever they're moving. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was, you know, really happy for her to see that she has the kind of supportive and like, frankly, like super normal family that she does. I wasn't like quite sure what to, what to expect. You know, the family dynamics on Potomac are, uh, all over the place. You have, um, Giselle's father, who's like grandpa America, love of my life. You have, um, Ashley's relationship with her dad, which was just really tough to see. You have, you know, Giselle and Jamal, you have, there's a bunch of, I mean, Candace and her mom is a mess. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect. And what I saw was like a really um, supportive, friendly, funny family um, who seemed to be doing, I think, really well. I mean, I don't know how farming works right now in the world of COVID, but um, good for them. And their family story is amazing, like incredible. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. I also, like like you said, I love the Aunt Carlene, who also, Karen definitely she looks does. like that aunt. It was crazy. And, like, the, and they mm-hmm. showed, like, the old picture of Karen looking like Raven. Like, it was so cute. Like, yeah, like you said, it was just, like, a, it was heartwarming mm-hmm. to know that Karen has good roots and, like, that her family, like, this farm she's always talked about. They The ladies have always thrown shade at this farm, so... I just never, I don't know what I thought it was going to be. I just mm-hmm. thought they were going to live in like some little shack and like it was going to be some little barn where like they weren't mm-hmm. producing stuff. They were just running a barn like or running a farm. But to see that they're producing all this stuff and they were talking and she had the um, like Ashley ride and I don't know what the name of that contraption is called, but ride in it. It was just so cute. I just love to see Karen in her habitat like this. And it was fun to see a different side of her. For Absolutely. Sure. Ashley gets in the thing with her, but, you know, Giselle doesn't. And then they just kind of end that scene with the family and everyone kind of goes their separate ways. I just would have liked to, mm-hmm. I don't know, know this about Karen earlier. Like we were saying, it's interesting that, like, these tourist women, they show themselves later. It took her season five to show us, like, really behind the scenes like this. But I wonder... I wonder what Karen would have yes. like, you know and what I, I mean, back in her day. We're seeing it because we started her Potomac journey with like castigating um, Giselle for sitting at the middle of a table um, and a, like a banquette. And to see where we are now, you know, from being really withholding with personal information to now being a lot more open and honest about everything that's going on with Ray and now introducing us to her family in a way that was so sweet and lovely and also funny AF. I thought it was great. I was really, I was actually like kind of proud of Karen. Yeah. Yeah. She's come a long way. Yeah, she really has. Yeah. She has great development. So they're still on the farm and they're talking and right after they get off that tractor trailer, whatever that was. And mm-hmm. Ashley gets a call from Monique and she picks up. And Giselle decides that this is her moment to storm away. And she just says, you know, like, Monique is full of shit. And, like, she doesn't want to hear. She's all full of lies. And, you know, Karen's supportive because she's, quote, unquote, in the middle. And she's just saying, like, Giselle, don't do all that and all that kind of stuff. Now, I found it interesting that Monique was called. I wonder if Monique knew they were filming or do her and Ashley just talk that much that Monique was calling her? 
That's a good question. What do you guys think? Monique and Ashley have an interesting alliance, I think. Even from last season with the whole, like, butt grab, alleged butt grab, if we can even say alleged. Um, Like, she was just automatically like, oh, yeah, no, I don't have the footage. Like, oh, yeah, we don't believe them. Oh, yeah, let's go. I think they were saying after the reunion or there was that footage backstage where Chris was like, oh, yeah, Michael, do you want to get a steak after this? After the reunion Mm -hmm. where he gets torn apart limb by limb for, like, being a disgusting person. They just, and then how she's riding for Monique blindly this season, they just seem to have some sort of setup. I think they talk on a regular, like, you know how LVP used to say she had her mm-hmm. morning talks with Brandy Glanville or with Kyle Richards? I'm sure they have their morning talks to just kind of, like, talk about the show. and Yeah, and I also shit, feel like there's know? a genuine bond there with what Ashley's going through with being a new parent and struggling with that and struggling with how to balance being a new mom and also a housewife and, and the pressures of filming. Um, and also, you know, neither of them like Candace. I mean, I think it, I think that there are, there's a genuine, if they have an alliance or rather regardless of if they have an alliance, there does seem to be genuine affection between them, which, which I appreciate, even if I don't necessarily agree with some of the behavior that comes out of it, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's necessary. You don't want, Monique to be on an island by herself regardless of how you feel about her behavior that's not interesting TV mm-hmm. and it's um, as we've seen on Beverly Hills can really do the absolute reverse absolutely of, of having a payoff regardless of whether or not you know that person's cast members are gleeful you know about quote unquote winning because at the end of the day the audience is the one that loses totally agree it definitely has to be for a good housewives fight it has to be a side mm-hmm. versus a side versus all versus one it can't it cannot be that way or we're all the audience are going to side with the one, even if it is Denise Richards, who's lying horribly and like, honestly, wasn't that interesting on the show, but like we're rooting for her <laughs> because like you put us in this predicament. Um, yeah. So it's then revealed to Karen that they know that Karen told Candace that if she was in her position, she would sue. And Ashley's pointing out obviously in her confessional that it's interesting that Karen knows her power with Candace in particular and that she would say that, but then she's also so team Monique. Do you think it's, I guess we kind of talked about it a little earlier, but do you think she's wrong for telling Monique that's her opinion? Do that's I her think, opinion? yeah, I was going to say, I think the problem I mean, is telling that she Candace. didn't necessarily tell Monique, but it's compounded by the fact that Robin yeah. told Candace, you know, that Karen didn't say anything critical about Monique. And then we got that flashback showing that that is not in fact the case. Um, even though I do think Karen could have gone in a little harder. I understand um, wanting to try to maintain peace and, um, you know, the difficult nature that can be a mediator in that position, especially when once again, it's sort of all against one plus Ashley who as we know, wasn't actually witness to the altercation itself, which is a different kind of opinion to have. Um, So, you know, it would have been great for Karen at some point to mention to Monique that she said that to Candace or even unrelated to saying that to Candace, just to say to Monique, like, listen, Monique, just so you know, if someone had done that to me, the first thing I would have done, excuse me, is call the police, you know? Right. but at the end of the yeah. day, Monique has a whole lot of reasons and, and excuses, regardless of um, how 
based in reality they are about why this physical altercation was sort of destined to be because of the lead up the rumors monique feeling like she was in a flight fight or fight fight or flight position you know regardless of how much i agree with that and the counter to that is okay well if you felt triggered whatever else in the eyes of the law you put your hands on somebody so you can't necessarily be that shocked when that person yeah. who PS you haven't apologized to decides that they want to press charges. Like at the end of the day, she was Candace was the physical victim, regardless of what she had done and how she had taken part in the lead up to this through the rumors, through whatever else, you know, it, it's, it, it shouldn't be a marker against Candace, just in the sense of, having that at your disposal the timing is a question but you know at the end of the day that's really on Monique yeah yeah <laughs> I mean you said it all Sarah <laughs> yeah mentioned it all <laughs> um yeah so I guess kind of the next scene after that we go to Wendy meeting up with her sister who honestly was very funny when mm. she was imitating the mom I was screaming um and they bo- both order Bayou penne pasta. Wendy orders it with sausage. His sister orders it without. Not that that's important. Just wanted to add that. And <laughs> they're just sitting and talking about how Wendy has her own dream separate from her mother. And she feels like she's been living for her mother up until this point in terms of her career. And now she wants to branch out and do things like housewives and political commentary and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I honestly hear that. I understand that. That's a struggle I think a lot of people go through, especially creatives with their parents and their parents not quite understanding, mm-hmm. like, this is what I want to do. And yeah, you want me to do whatever it is and be a professor and all that. And I've done that. But like, I also want to do something that challenges mm-hmm. me in a different way or excites yeah, me. Yeah. And I think way. it's so, it's such an interesting dynamic. The relationship that, a child will have with their parents regardless of age is unlike anything else in this world. So um, the kind of trepidation that she feels about even saying to her mom, like I lived your dreams. Now it's now I want to live my own and being so scared and concerned for that. And her sister being like, yeah, you have every right to be scared. and concerned." Um, I really empathize with it. Saw myself in some of it, maybe not, not career focused, but just in, in the tension of, you know, a child communicating something to their parent with concern that their parent is not going to approve because it's approval at the end of the day and, and not wanting to feel stung. Um, uh, it was something I completely um, understood. And also her sister is so funny and so um, engaging, just even in that little scene. I, I hope that we see more of her. I really enjoyed her. Absolutely. I like that she kept like pressing her too. She's like, okay, but what are you going to do? She really was. Like, yeah. Making this like, oh, I want to do, okay, but what are you, what's your plan? Like, Mm -hmm. and and I like that because it's like, not that I'm not trying to support you doing what you want to do, but have a plan. Like, don't just, Mm -hmm. you don't just wake up and like quit Johns Hopkins. Like, you need to have a plan. (laughs) A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. All of that. And yeah, I hope we get to see the sister a little more. Not that she needs to be a friend of, but a nice cameo every once in a while is nice. She seems, like you said, very engaging, very funny. And she was instantly ready to do an impression. And anyone who's ready to do an impression is my type of bitch. So I liked her. 
Um, the next scene, we see Juan Dixon sitting at the bar in one of his grandpa hats. I hate when he wears these, but tonight's the night, and he's wearing one, and Tatiana appears Ooh. and meets him at the bar, and Tatiana is Robin in a black... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Jay, do you want to describe the wig that uh, Robin, or the, just, the overall look honestly, Robin was sporting to be Tatiana? The scene to me was cringe. I know she was trying to have fun and, um, you know, add a little, forgive me for saying this, but spice in the relationship. But I don't know why. I just, like, couldn't take it seriously. Like, I just, it was very cringe to me. I don't know. Am I the only one that felt like that? Or... I, I, there was nothing real about it, which is what was so cringeworthy. They were asked by production to have this moment, like to get, to get some <laughs> sort of, like, that was very funny. You guys are doing so great. You're going to mix it up in your relationship by putting on a wig. And like, obviously there's a vested interest in making their, um, the production company happy, but Juan was like, Juan was essentially laughing at it, but trying his best to, like, engage. And Robin didn't know what the fuck she was doing. And it was just, like, there's no reason for this. It's, like, they've done these moments before with Tamara and, um, oh, my God, I just forgot the name of uh, Tamara and Eddie and and with Ramona and Mario. And at least with Tamara and Eddie and Ramona and Mario, even though those were more, like, explicit, um there was some sort of something there versus this just made had no basis or grounds in reality at all. You can't say that they would do this regardless of whether or not the cameras were there. You can say that Tamara and Eddie might share a bath together at some point, you know, like, but this was just stupid. It was just like, <laughs> I, just I honestly had such secondhand embarrassment yes. for them, but I appreciated that they had a sense of humor about it, but I was just like, this is funny in all the worst ways. <laughs> like, it took me right out of the episode. Right. Because I was just like, right. there's no purpose for this. Like, Juan, no purpose. Juan definitely wasn't really <laughs> feeling it on an actual interest level. Mm-hmm. They would have never, we know that this is not what they would have done. And then for them to go from that to like talking about the money issue, I just thought that was like. Mm. Like, 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 it was just so confusing for me like we could have skipped that part 100% absolutely yeah it was really tough to watch and the accent and then her saying like scraps and I, the whole thing made me very uncomfortable I agree it was just like and the scene dragged on and for it to end with like okay you owe money I've owed money before mm-hmm. that's all you and that was just the end of the scene I'm like alright uh, I guess they wanted to tie a bow on that storyline so they can get back into the engagement of it all. So, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was disgusting. The next scene, we see we're back in Surrey, Virginia with Miss Karen. She's in a periwinkle pantsuit, head to toe with a matching top underneath, you know, long side part blonde wig today. And she, you know, today is her day. This is She's the honorary, I don't know, woman riding around in a Bentley at the homecoming. What's her title? I'm not homecoming queen. I don't know. Okay. So she's getting honored and she's riding around and it's revealed that she's not actually going to be having the ladies ride in the car with her. It's just her sitting on the hood. I mean, like on the back of this car, like waving to people and stuff. Did you expect for her to be having them ride with her? Or did you think it was her moment? Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised 
they were surprised and they weren't dressed quite as fancy as she was anyway so like yeah also, it was her it moment to so ride strange. on the back of the like, Bentley. the crowds were sparse enough already as it was that like for three women in a camera crew <laughs> following them to wait you know it just would have been too it would have it would not have worked out it would have been even stranger absolutely right and that's why i love karen because it Exactly like you said, there's some really strange elements of her personality and some things she's very fancy pants about some stuff. And then with this, no matter how mm-hmm. cheesy this whole thing is, she thinks it's fabulous because, of course, because she's involved, but also she just like loves her hometown. And in this confessional, which I did not appreciate it, another reason why I don't really like Giselle, she's saying like in this tiny little city, like Karen is Beyonce. And I I don't like the snide remark like that, like you're not Beyonce Ooh, anywhere. Point. Where are you, Beyonce? Right. At? at least she's Beyonce mm. here. Shit. I mean, you always have to fucking hate on Clearly, her. Where's your Beyonce moment? I don't here. see that. So please. So just, just no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Yeah, I mean it's uh, yeah. The, I didn't like the, the war of words that Karen has been aiming Giselle's way just in real time on social is so interesting to me. There's. You know, they they um, pick at each other and are passive aggressive with each other and, you know, make fun of each other. But there's still a love there, you know, like especially when Karen unraveled at the reunion mm-hmm. when she was talking about her parents. And it was Giselle who went to see if she was OK and to console her. And um, I- I'm surprised by what Karen has said on social regardless of whether or not I agree with her and I'm not in in total agreement with either of them but I'm curious to see how this will work at the reunion if it's hopefully filmed in person because Karen is taking a strong stance against Giselle as a person online and I don't know if that has yeah it's been kind of wild for me to know if it has something to do with something that happens on the season that we haven't seen yet or she's just doubling down i'm i'm curious for more information and i hope we get that from the reunion if not before no i didn't yeah, i didn't I know i didn't know about that did you jay what what's like the context of the conversation huh i mean just yeah. like that giselle is revealing who she is i can't think of any of the quotes right now but she's come in and on the ig lives before you know the cast was told they were no longer allowed to to do them um Karen was very forceful in being critical of of Giselle in a way that had not even a little bit of affection, which sometimes both of them have done to each other. But it came in at such a level that I was like, okay, either something crazy has happened during the season or something's going on. But regardless of the Mm -hmm. reason for it, I need to know all about it. So I don't know that we're going to hear more details about it until the reunion and i don't know if this is just karen watching the episodes knowing more information about giselle's participation and you know the focus going to candace because of the nature of um giselle and monique having no relationship but monique uh, but but karen is definitely saying some things irl in real time and i'm i want to know more wow yes you're right they Mm -hmm. always had a certain camaraderie between the two of them no matter how much they took little digs at each other, but I mm-hmm. didn't know that they fell out like that. Yeah, something's going on. I don't know. I really mm. don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll have to keep our eyes and ears peeled. Okay. Well, that's something to note. Uh, I guess kind of, yeah, I guess that sums that up. So I guess the next scene is another kind of 
scene where we get to see someone that I haven't seen in a while. It is Miss Dr. Dorothy, and she's here with Candace to pick out a doggy. And then they pick out this dog named Mowgli, which I hope they get this doggy. He's super cute. And I love that Miss Dorothy was dressed in like the black top because they just kept showing the black top. She just looks scary in the all black. I don't know. She's so intimidating to me. And she's sitting there talking, and it's no bullshit because. Like Candace said, her mother, yes, her and her mother have their own thing, but her mother's always going to support her and, like, go to bat for her if some shit goes down. So, of course, her mother reveals mm-hmm. that uh, she would like to call the attorney as well. Were you excited to see Miss Dorothy make an um, appearance Absolutely, on I was not. Again? Nope, not even a little. I think she's a super <laughs> toxic, abusive person. Can't believe she ever got her license and even though she sold her business it should still be rescinded um yeah i'm not interested in what miss dorothy has to say about physical altercation since she knows absolutely nothing about emotional ones um you know she's i mean yeah where was she hit her daughter with a purse anyway women and her mom made light of that in a way that was really distasteful fun of it yeah it It was it was awful and andy i think yeah yeah sort of participated in it but i actually didn't think that was his responsibility i thought it was like yeah gross it was on the other women who have personal relationships with candace and it it just made me honestly uncomfortable and i'm not a fan of candace but um and, and think that she needs to do a better job of bearing responsibility for how she brings toxicity in the room which is different at this point as an adult from um Mm -hmm. dealing with understandable trauma because of your parents behavior um yeah and because of their parenting itself but um yeah I just was like no more Miss Dorothy please God but I also think probably no more Miss Dorothy please God because I I don't know that Candace is going to survive into next season. I don't, I think that this has become so toxic that I don't know that there's necessarily a, a path forward, um, regardless of whether or not Monique returns. But um, anyway, all that to say, yeah, Miss Dorothy is a no for me. Yeah, I like to see her in the sense that she's toxic and I like to see mm. all of the gross dynamics of kids and parents. I, well, I just think it's interesting, but yes, no, her mom's a horrible human being. And of course she's a psychiatrist giving me shades of Dr. Mm. Greg from um, married to medicine, Atlanta. Oh my God. Very like an evil psychiatrist energy. And it's like not good. So yeah, not great to see on screen, but like also great to see on screen because again, it also gives context to Candace (laughs) and the horrible person she is. And it kind of, not ex- not excuses it, but it, it gives some, like I said, some context and explains mm-hmm. a little bit of why. I totally agree, she and that's a great in the, way, in the manner American she medicine, behaves. By the way, is the best show on Bravo, bar none. Like no yeah. contest. I know we're talking about Potomac being great, and it is, but Married to Medicine is like a hundred percent where it's at. It has not had a bad season. I really enjoy it, honestly. <laughs> Coming back. During Rona, I don't remember how many months ago it was at that point. So we know that Mariah wasn't asked back, nor was Claude, who P.S. now has a child. Um, which is crazy because she could have, frankly, used yeah, which is some crazy. sort of uh, storyline last season that wasn't like, I don't like being here. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, so I don't know. I would assume yeah. that <laughs> maybe... 
maybe this spring. I don't even know if I, I honestly don't know if they're filming. I, I don't know anything that's going on. Um, just aside from some casting stuff. Um, wow. And Carrie, they're bringing back uh, Carrie from the first season. Which I'm actually into. She yes, I heard that. Season one, yes. It's interesting. Be- yeah, I think she I think mm-hmm. she'll be like a fun flavor mm-hmm. on the show. And she's been like popping up here and there, and especially in the last season. So I'm cool with that. I'm also interested in if Atlanta's filming, why wouldn't Mary to Medicine be filming? But you're right. I haven't heard any rumblings of like them filming yeah, or any photos very, or cast photos or anything I, like that. So I'm I don't sure know. It's going to be great. Can't wait to see it. Uh, love of my life, Dr. Damon, my one true love aside from Chris Manzo. Um, love him to bits. And I just, I'm, I'm so excited to support it and amplify it when it comes out whenever wow damon's your champion oh dr damon's my number one and i know that there are thoughts and feels about daddy because of maybe the first season but i just have to say that he is um (laughs) such a smart empathetic guy who still holds his wife accountable for her often wretched behavior um even though she's great (laughs) tv and i love that for him i really do and that moment where they're like on vacation, mm-hmm. wherever the hell I want to say in the Bahamas, and she surprises him by like, what did she do? She like brought him to his see his dad's thing. Yeah, and yeah. he was like so yes, the funeral or like a, see, yes, the kind of person that I yes, married, yes, yes, uh. as if to say like you guys only see the crazy parts of her, but this is how much she cares. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I love him. He brings out the best in her, and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I can't wait to support next season once it airs. But anyway, um, that was the long-winded way of saying, Miss Dorothy, no more. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great way to end that scene and go straight into the next scene, which first time seeing Monique this episode, besides, like, you know, her phone call and we see her, she's sitting down with her pastor, like, she alluded to doing at the end of last episode, she needs to sit down and kind of figure out what's going on. And her pastor was just telling her that from childhood, she's mm-hmm. always felt like she's had to be protective and that she's a fighter and that the ladies don't really know that about her. And so that's kind of why she's always putting up like this tough exterior that she had to prove herself a lot and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she instantly mm-hmm. starts crying and you know, someone's reading mm-hmm. you when you start crying, like about them telling you about yourself. It, um, and so she said, like, he admitted that, yeah, so all of those things considered, your whole history, your whole past led to kind of that moment. And you put a lot of context, there's a lot behind this, when it happened to this young lady who kind of mm-hmm. just happened to bear the brunt of how you were feeling. Yeah, I like that the pastor was um, straight up with her. I mean, I guess you have to have someone that holds you accountable. It's just interesting that when the lady said it, I guess they also came from a different place than he's coming from. But when mm-hmm. they were kind of trying to say the same thing, she wasn't trying to hear that. She, but when he said it to her, she was in a like a more receptive yeah. place and ready to be like, okay, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I saying. think it's great that she has this relationship with her like church leadership and that they're emotionally vulnerable in that space. I would love to see her get additional support, like, yeah, licensed, you know. Yeah. Definitely. But honestly, I I, I was kind of shocked yeah. that the pastor uh, took that, but like, he went that route. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting that. Whenever she kept saying like, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna talk to my pastor about it," I'm gonna talk to my pastor about it. Yeah, I, same. I, I and I'm, this is not like me trying to throw shade, mm-hmm. but I just thought that it was gonna be a, a very quick, you know, 
that's not godlike or you know just whatever and just yeah. keep moving. But I think that he gave her real, like actual concrete advice. Totally, um, I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I thought he was just gonna say let's pray about it, but right. no, he actually it was, was saying like I he needs real like yeah. actual psychological advice, like. You know, like, I know who you are, mm-hmm. and I know this is why you're doing what you're doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I think people, well, I think at least Monique, I think she needs both. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I really did appreciate that he was able to do that for yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a psychologist or a psychiatrist <laughs> or whoever it needs to be would be nice as well. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the end of the episode. So, at the end of the episode... We like to award someone as the housewife on display, and that's the person that just stood out to you. It doesn't have to be good or bad. Whatever it is, stood out to you the most in this episode. So it could be anybody, anything, anybody, um, okay, so whatever it is. It could be a blank on display, display whatever it is. sister, who I hope to see again. Um, wow. I have a thing about eating. Oh. Sounds, it's, since I was a little kid, I hate the sounds of people eating, chewing. It's like nails on a chalkboard. I would refuse to have family dinners with my family because I couldn't deal with the sound. And to this day, I can't. If someone if someone shows up to record and they're like, I'm just going to have a snack. Wow. It's, it really, unless they are a Bravo celebrity. And even then, I'm like, we're going to need to press pause and you can eat and then we'll come back because it will be too much. <laughs> So it tells you something about how charmed I was that even though this was like an, a lunch eating scene, I loved every second of it and I could, you know, watch them eat whatever they were eating and talk about their mom and whatever else for like a solid 25. So um, shout out to Wendy's sister, big, big fan, big fan of the surgeon sis. So she's my, my housewife on display, okay. on display, on display. What about you guys? <laughs> Um, you know what? I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Monique's pastor. Oh, <laughs> great! I think she needed that. I think he, yes, even though okay. like you were saying like he delivered, you know, kind of the same message that we've all been kind of saying. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have some sort of connection, and he delivered it in a way that she was receptive to. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like even though I'm not Team Monique, I still want her to be able to to see what's what's wrong and so like mm-hmm. really like use this this moment as like a, a moment of inter- like introspection mm-hmm. um because it's not cute to go out here you know, go around here and just to be completely unremorseful and i don't think that's true i think she's just going through a lot of things and i, I think for her it feels like me saying that i'm sorry if i think for her it just feels like she's giving something giving more of herself you know mm-hmm. what i mean i think she's struggling with giving more of herself that's her issue with Chris also like that she just feels like she's giving more in the situation so I appreciate the pastor for somehow getting the same message that we've all been saying but for putting it in a package that Monique was willing to receive and understand mm-hmm. and for that he is my pastor on display <laughs> um to round out the cameos <laughs> on display since I guess that's what we're doing my cameo on display is Shut Robin's up. accountant that she recently hired, hoping that so they're able, <laughs> they have the weight of the world on their shoulders to get them out of this 90K of debt. Um, she seems like it was a Hail Mary pass to this account, so it seems like she was called in in the fourth quarter. Doesn't mm. seem like she touched the books anytime Love recently, that. but I'm hoping she can clean amazing. them up and get them together. Wow, these are amazing cameos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I know. I love all those cameos. Okay. So we ended the episode, and this is the section where we just really quickly talk about our Bravo Thoughts Compiled. And so I'd like to lead the Bravo Thoughts Compiled with just what are you thinking, Sarah, for Salt Lake City? Um, I'm Where's so your excited for level? Salt Lake City. What's Everything going that on? I've heard about it. Um, I know people who've watched the premiere who've said it's A++. Um uh, it just seems like a breath of fresh air. The timing of it couldn't be better. Um, I'm really excited to have Andy Scrolls episodes that are really focused on Potomac and Salt Lake City. And, um, you know, watching how Potomac, which is mm-hmm. a part of like, I don't know, the third generation maybe of Housewives franchises, with the first being, you know, the, the show's overwhelmingly current on air. And then in the in the second bucket, and this doesn't make any sense with timing as I say this out loud, but like Miami and DC, I put aside and Potomac's sort of a, a part of this like rejuvenation for housewives, you know, like the new women, new stories, a town that nobody expected. And it's been such obviously a creative um, success. And uh, from everything that I'm hearing about Salt Lake City, it's going to be obviously its own bubble. But um, I'm really, really excited about it. Honestly, I, 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 I you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, hear about new women who aren't celebrities. By the, by the way, they are real women, and, um, and, and just learning more about them. I can't wait. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. You read through all the bios. Obviously, everyone harps on Mary's <laughs> bio because of the, you know, the grandpapa. But every mm-hmm. every single bio was interesting. The jewelry designer versus the mm-hmm. one who, like, rebelled against the church versus the one who's going to have, like, the mm-hmm. modern relationship. Does that mean it's open? Does that mean they kind of fuck some people in the third one? Who knows? Allegedly. Like, I'm excited about all the ladies. So, and who yeah, knew that Salt I'm Lake City totally was going to bring diversity? Things, Salt like, City, Salt sure. Lake City. You know? Like, wow. Great awesome and not i mean you know like culturally like religious like they they're not all mormons either oh yeah and as a jew hearing from someone who was i think jewish who converted to mormonism which i was like is that even possible Um, yeah (laughs) it's such different ends of the spectrum um, yeah i love that i love everything about it i thought it was going to be and i've I've gotten satchels of gold, which are like listeners' thoughts and feels um, about people who grew up in the Mormon community or grew up in in the Salt Lake City area who've expressed some concern, and it's um, understandable and and valid concern. And and you know, it's nice to see that it's not going to be the kind of Salt Lake City that I think many people, myself included, suspected and was concerned about, where it would be only a certain kind of white woman extolling the virtues mm-hmm. of mormonism and and that's it <laughs> yeah. you know um yeah. I, i'm excited to see as you said so many different levels of fantastic diversity i think it's going to be really great yeah i'm yeah i'm so excited about salt lake city um we now know ebony k williams is going to be the newest mm-hmm. housewife of real housewives in new york city and she is the first black housewife on real housewives in new york city but Sarah, overall recapping, what were your thoughts on this past season? You kind of alluded to it earlier. Just know that we totally agree. I would say that this is the worst season mm-hmm. they've had of Roni. Even worse than Cindy Barshop. I think even worse than the seasons with Aviva and Heather. I thought those were more interesting. But anyway, all that to say, what are you thinking about um, Roni in the I'm cast? Excited. And what are you looking I'm excited for this for upcoming season? I am curious about actually her political affiliations because she went from a Fox show to a conservative network. And I think People yes. are sort of expecting her to have progressive uh, or 
indie views like Leah, and I, I don't know that she does, or she might be a part of this new conservative idea where it's like, we don't believe in one party or the other, but they are definitely conservative. So, um, right. So I'm curious for her to hear more about yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> um, can't wait to see Ramona have a panic attack every day um, because she's terrified of what she's going to say. And, um, and uh, yeah, I think, it was, I think it's a smart move. I think it's necessary and it's absolutely asinine and gross that it's taken this long to have a black New York uh, real housewife. And I'm thrilled it's finally happening. Right. Now that you mention it, it's a little weird that most of the Roni cast, I think I can assume this is leans at least more toward the conservative side than liberal or even neutral, honestly. Mm. Um, considering that it's New York City, considering mm-hmm. that it's New York, which is just historically always more of a liberal state. Um, um, yeah, I mean, like, there are areas of New York State that are are conservative, but that mm-hmm. also goes to the fact that the casting needed to be more diverse. I mean, the joke at the yeah. start of this episode about the fact that, like, so many of these housewives could be my neighbors because they live on the Upper East Side is a problem. Like, we need people who live in Soho. We need people who live in Brooklyn. We need, like, there is real legit money downtown, more money downtown mm-hmm. than there is uptown when it comes to, I think, like, cash over family money um obviously there are a lot of exceptions but i think that's where a lot of the movement and spirit of new york um exists and lives and it should come it should be a part of housewives housewives should not only be park avenue noting that most of these women live on first or third like Mm -hmm. it should be it, it it should not just be the upper east side sort of stereotype um because New York has so much flavor. And I think Leah has like opened the next chapter to that. And I'm really excited to see her and this new housewife. And I'm excited to see if there's anybody else that comes in and, and um, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be a good season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We deserve it after the last season we went through. And of course, there's that second season thing where women truly spin out their second season. So I'm l- looking forward to hopefully <laughs> Leah spinning out, which would be great to watch. So we'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Yeah, I'm into all of that. Um, and yeah, and then our last absolute last segment is breaking news. Now, Jay, I'm going to let you take this away. If you have um, any news it's you really at this not the most pressing breaking news. But I just <laughs> I do want to address the tweet that I did send you earlier. I don't know if I noticed it before, but there was actually it was caught on film. Mm-hmm. Michael mm, with yeah. the cameraman. No, that's news. It was from the first season, I think. It wasn't this most yeah. recent season. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. a video going on Twitter of yeah, an actual um I don't the actual physical cut. incident, yeah. you know, without yeah. consent. And you can see that obviously from that person's reaction, it was some sort of member of the crew. They were mm-hmm. of course understandably incredibly upset. And it's just really gross. It's just gross. Yeah. And I wonder how and when Ashley will address it, I'm sure, on the reunion, but I would think well before. I've, I've kind of given up on Ashley uh, really doing justice in terms mm-hmm. of, like, responding about these Michael issues. And it's not to put it all on her. Like, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily, it's not her doing it. But I do wish that there would be some, there would be just more accountability, more remorse, even. Mm-hmm. There just seems to be no... 
I don't. It's very surface level. The the the, the discussions that they have about these, these issues. Yeah, it's a whole wait and see. I don't know that we're gonna get the answer that we're. I mean, I kind of looking it. to her for, but especially, especially since she's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And every time we see Ashley address anything, she's on the verge mm-hmm. of laughter. So I highly doubt we'll get any serious answers as to what the hell is going on with Michael. Even though we, what answers do we need? We know who that's, Michael is. We just exactly need you to recognize it and get the hell out. Understand. That's what we need. You know, and that you're making yeah, a choice yeah. at this point. Um, right. Albeit one that we just Yeah. About, definitely. <laughs> um, the only other thing I wanted to add is Tamara Barney was seen taking photographs with Heather from Selling Sunset and someone commented underneath asking Tamara if she's going to be a cast member of mm-hmm. Selling Sunset, which is on Netflix here. I don't know if you get into that, but yeah, a lot of people, it's kind of a lot of overlap with Housewives and Selling Sunset in terms of the demographic. But anyway, so if she, you know, commented back, <laughs> I don't know, but you know, Tamara, she'll do anything for some press. So we're giving her press right now. And we're no, saying, there's no we don't know if she'll be on Tamara. Selling Sunset, Tamara but do you do think anything. that would be there's something no Tamara would do? To bring her on. She makes no sense. It is a completely yeah. different makeup watching her and Christine, it would just be way too jarring and too much. I think that it's just a conversation she herself is having because she went to dinner with Heather and Tarek, who are one of the most problematic um, couples that I've seen of recent. And uh, so kudos to them. (laughs) I see uh, Tamara join the Oppenheim group. Not, not for a moment. No. Okay, good. We're all in agreement here. Yeah, Tamara. Mm. Tamara's going to be on my okay. list of least favorite Absolutely. housewives. Definitely top five, easily. So I don't want to see her buffoonery on another show. So absolutely not. Um, and then just a, a quick and, chin-chin mm-hmm. to Cynthia Bailey, Hill. then Thomas, now Hill. Uh, she got married this past weekend. Uh, right now she's chilling with her man and they got married on 10 10 20 there was another wedding that day oops i don't know who did that but yes cynthia congratulations and she didn't wear white which was a little shocking but all the bridesmaids were white and then the everyone that was a guest wore black which was an interesting like color palette that was unique in a christine you know in a way like a selling sunset wedding type of way interesting color palette and yeah she got married to her man and mm-hmm. large you know not very corona friendly wedding but you know if you if you decided to go that was your choice uh and yeah, so that kind of was the last thought I had. Uh, Sarah, do you have anything you need to get um, off your no, chest and just say? This was such a blast. I was so happy to come on and, um, you know, mention it all, which is so terrible that I just said that. Oh, my God. <laughs> we love Someone it. Someone police me for this moment. Give me a ticket because that was a crime against humanity that I just said mention it all. Oh, you know what? Actually, speaking of mention it all. Fuck Bethany Frankel for what the fuck she said this week. She can go fuck herself. You missed this whole thing about wet ass pussy. I don't know. <gasps> what did she say? It, honestly, I don't know. Is it? Is it? Did you just say WIP? Yeah. I'm like so not. Is it, you can say WAP or you can say the whole thing wet ass pussy. So I prefer <laughs> I prefer the you know classic standard wet ass pussy to just say the whole thing. Um, she went on a goddamn rant on her podcast yeah, about how disgusting it was and distasteful and uh, women should be, I don't know, whatever the fuck she said, um, being, you know, I don't even like men shouldn't call us that. We shouldn't call us that ourselves. And it was gross. And people took to the comments to be like, this is gross and don't um, critique 
uh, two black women um, talking about how they are in charge and own their own bodies and sexualities. And her response was like, LOL. And she was very dismissive and sarcastic to people. L-O-L. And this is the fucking problem with Bethany Frankel. <laughs> and I have to unfortunately get off because I'm going on an Instagram live in a second. But um, this this is the problem with Bethany Frankel is that she uh, no, really, truly does think that she makes it nice and says, um, mention it all and says whatever else. And she truly believes her own bullshit. And so for people who like myself have problematic feelings toward Bethany, I was a super, super, super fan when Andy's girls first began and have been through a really rocky history with her. This just reinforces the disdain that I have at times with how celebrity has emboldened her to feel like every decision because of skinny girl, every other decision (laughs) or opinion that she has is the one to have. And I think we should all normalize, um, being responsible for our own behavior and, uh, listening to people when they have valid informed critique, Mm -hmm. um, and not making a fucking joke of it. Um, unless it's actually, you know, something to make a fucking joke of, which this was not, I just think it's bullshit. And you guys can look at her post or not. It's stupid. And I tried to listen to that snippet of that episode and I couldn't take it a minute into her talking about it because I was just so pissed. Um, so Leah reposted a video of, of herself, uh, or, or Instagram story shortly thereafter a post of herself dancing to it as if to say like, truly fuck off which i thought was great that's amazing okay yes you're going on an instagram live so just really quickly tell the yeah, people where so they can, can find you if they are you know where you are but you know, girls, yes, tell them everything. And Ayala, um, fix my life which is unpacking all things housewives seen through the lens of psychology you can to that <laughs> on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows and i'm on instagram at dame galley and i'm so excited to do a um Really fun IG live with Christian Gray Snow and Ono Bravo and Bravoing together in just a jiffy. So I'm betting that will be archived if anybody wants to watch. Um, I don't actually know that, but um, sure, why not? Uh, on Bravoing <laughs> Together's account um, because it's the night of uh, premiere of a show that nobody wants to watch. So we're going to talk about some other things instead, and we're excited about it. Amazing sounds so fun well thank you Same. so much for coming Good. on we had so much fun pleasure. total pleasure it's been amazing thank you yes and until Same. next time talk Bye. to you later sarah